Well, see, we're, we're all just walking each other home. We're mirrors of each other. Yeah. All the beauty you see in someone else, how would you know it's there if it wasn't inside you? Yeah, it's true. It takes it's one true. to know one. See, if you knew nothing about love, beauty, compassion, caring, and all that good stuff, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't recognize it in, in your loved ones. Mm-hmm. See, it's already in you, but you don't recognize it. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. According to a 2020 report from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, suicide is the 12th leading cause of death in the U.S. 45,979 Americans die by suicide annually. And there were 1.2 million suicide attempts in 2020 alone. And even further, according to the Suicide Prevention Resource Center, 2019 data reports that 33.6% of females self-reported being in a depressed mood and 64% report mental health problems while 38% are being actually treated for mental health. So we explore these themes in our episode today with our guest, James Hayes, who is here to discuss with us the theory of contextual conceptual therapy, which is also known as CCT. As James will explain in the episode, CCT looks not at what is broken, but explores what is happening within us that may just be misunderstood similarly to the way we might misunderstand someone speaking a different language in a foreign country. What CCT does is that it actually brings to the surface answers that we're seeking that already exist within us in such a way that helps us to understand better how to love ourselves in the way that we give love to others. If you think about the way that you give and express and show love to the people that are most sacred to you in your life, Today, we'll discuss how to give that very same love back to yourself. And beautiful friend, if you are out there and if you are struggling and you need support, please link to the Suicide Therapy website and know that you are not alone. We are here to love you and to lift you up as we strive together to be our best selves for the next chapter in our life. If you are in need of a community, come be a part of ours. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram and know that we are here with our arms around you, loving you today as we welcome to the show, James Hayes. James, thank you for being here today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're so excited to have you and I'm really eager to dive into this idea of contextual conceptual therapy. That's quite quite a mouthful. Like I keep saying, say that five times fast, contextual conceptual therapy, also known as CCT. So let's just start by defining what is 
CCT and how is it different from some of the other therapies that our audience might be familiar with, like cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy? Uh, to start with, we have to understand context. Mm -hmm. If I'm an African person and you guys are American and we're trying to communicate to each other in our languages, see, we're not going to communicate. Right. And the, and the trouble with communication is to assume that it took place. Mm. See, I could be telling you guys some really cool stuff in African, but if you don't understand what I'm, the context of my words in that language, mm -hmm. you, you might think I'm crazy. Right. And I could be giving you gold nuggets. Right. See, so context is critical. Without context, there's no meaning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Without context, there's no meaning. And if you think of it in the sense of no context, no meaning, no hope. Okay, like the N-O, no context, N-O, no hope. Well, if you change that, the context of that, those same statements and you do K-N-O-W mm. to no context, to no hope, hope to, mm. to no meaning. See, then we, we, we have a whole nother platform to work for. Right. And see. CCT is something that is established through suicide, but we've, as we've trained people and we've trained a few um, in that process, they all speak of it as a universal language. Okay. That, and see, we even say it's not about suicide. There's too much talk about suicide. So suicide is not the problem. Hmm. So let's take this and let's really bring it to life. I know we've just mm -hmm. dropped a heavy topic, right? suicide right. into the mix here. So, so James, make the connection for us between CCT and now you're bringing suicide into the mix. Help us establish what I, I like. I don't even know anything about CCT. You'd be like therapy. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking all therapy is the same. So what is CCT and really how, how does it tie to suicide? Help me understand. To start with, I think it's important to understand that we use in CCT contextual conceptual therapy, but basically what it is is contextual conceptual education. Okay. See, the word education comes from the Latin word educari. The word educari means to bring out what's within, to bring mm -hmm. out what's within. See, traditional therapy, the therapist's job is to fix what's broke. Mm -hmm. But what if ain't nothing broke? Fair what enough, if something, right? something, something is just misunderstood? Okay. And so CCT brings out what's within us. So our answers exist within us. Mm -hmm. I don't have your answers. But if you don't know you have them, you still don't have them. Right. Right. <laughs> There's that piece of it. <laughs> I mean, so with, with conceptual therapy, and it was taught to us by thousands of suicidal people, uh, they taught us how to help them. So we go away from therapy. We go away from traditional ideas around what's needed because if nothing is broke and something is misunderstood, see, then we got to take a different path. Mm -hmm. And so in, in traditional mental health, we don't say mental illness. We say mental wellness. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're healthy people. We're mentally well. But see, if something happens, it's always thrown into the mental health arena, like stuff don't happen. Stuff mm -hmm. happens and it's going to yeah. keep happening. And we don't have no power to change it. 
you might have to break this down for me. I'm, I, I might be the slow one today. Hey, so I'm, I'm, I'm still having a hard time kind of understanding how this type of therapy is different from, I think, the other, maybe the other more traditional therapies we think about out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how, you know, just maybe give me a little more background, a little more okay. understanding related to it. In, in, in your other therapies, it's always about, especially with DBT, CBT, they're all in the same arena. And they say, think better, do better. Mm-hmm. But explore the possibility. When I'm seeing clients and people coming in the hospital, they didn't come there because they wasn't thinking. They best thinking put them there. Mm. Because they best thinking for themselves is not their best thinking for those they love. That make any sense? It does. So what I hear you saying is that people who come into the hospital because they have suicidal ideation, for example, they are thinking they are, you know, really maybe even overthinking or thinking very deeply about what is happening in their circumstance. And then they think that suicide tends to be the only option or solution in that case. But what you're saying is that you use contextual conceptual therapy to kind of speak their language, if I understand correctly. So you help them understand that their thoughts are not broken, broken, great word, that their thoughts are not broken, but perhaps maybe there's a different way to think about things. Well, see, how long do we have to think about what's true? I don't know. Until we I figure guess it forever. Out. <laughs> I mean, we, we could do that. But see, the truth is already true. No matter what we think or believe has nothing to do with what's true. Okay. You could believe, believe whatever you like, but the truth stands by itself. It doesn't need your belief. In so how do you know it. what's true? Pretty simple. Any, anybody in your life that you love? Yes. Can I get a name? Um, my son, Savion. Oh, and Shelby. Don't don't forget <laughs> I Shelby. Love you. Okay. I love you too. Savion, how old is he? He's 21. Okay. If he came to you and asked you, Ma, and he put some really heavy questions on you, you don't have an answer? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. More times than not, I do. But I don't always have the answer. You, you have an answer. And what you're going to tell Shelby is your best answer. Mm-hmm. It may not change what has happened. Well, it can't change. If it's already happened, you can't change <laughs> the past. So right. something happened, you're going to give him the best information you have. And that's not going to be lies. It's not going to be deception. It's not going to be none of those things that we do and play ourselves for. Right. For me, I feel like, you know, and I haven't done a ton of therapy. Lord, Jesus knows I could do more. <laughs> no, no. Hey, you, you love <laughs> Stay away from them therapists. Stay, stay away, he says. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, oftentimes my perception is that when one is going into therapy is because they're feeling stuck. They're feeling mm-hmm. like, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to go next. And so they go to a therapist as a resource to help either ferret that out of them or perhaps to get some great advice. So how do they know that the answers that they are either coming up with are 
the truth or are the right answers in those scenarios? I don't think you, a therapist would know. You would, you would, if you would say it to your son, <laughs> that's your truth. Okay. And that is the truth. Because you're not going to send him off on some wild goose chase, wasting his life, wasting his time. You're going to give him the best information you have. And that is your truth. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So if we all have our own truths and we're all doing our best to communicate those truths to the people that we love. And let's say that my truth is that I feel like I add no value to the world. And I can say that to Trinity, who is one of my closest friends, and she might have a different truth. So, but that's my truth. So how do we use this contextual conceptual therapy to reconcile the differences in the truths that exist in the world? And your truth might be different than either of our truths, because each Mm -hmm. of us has a unique perception and profile of what our truth is. And so tell us a little bit more about how we can do that. Well, see, just to start with, see, you can say you're worthless to the world, but what would Trinity say? I tell her to shut the hell up. She adds <laughs> more value to this world than almost anyone I've ever met. Get her life together. Let's go. Keep it, keep it pushing. So which one of y'all telling the truth? Me. <laughs> right? That's my question. So how do we reconcile what is in fact actually true? Because everybody's truth is different. Is Trinity stupid or smart? No, she's smart most of the time. All of the time. Thank you. Very, very and she got no reason to lie to her friend. True. But see, what, what is, what does it mean to be lost, trapped or stuck? Uh, to me, I feel like it often means that you, you don't see the way out. You don't see the light for yourself mm-hmm. in terms of illuminating whichever path it is that either a, you want to follow or b that you feel capable of following in that moment based off of the circumstances that you're dealing with. Okay. And so contextually, if you're lost and you don't know where you lost at, you're stuck somewhere and you don't know where you're stuck at. Yeah. How do you, how do you get to, to any truth? You, you, you'd be in a place where you spend all your energy trying to get unlost, unstuck, untrapped. But see, if we understand the traps, we negotiate them and be out of it. The same mm-hmm. with being stuck. where you need a map exactly and that's what we use a lot of maps and models to show people the direction out of the traps because they can identify the traps they can tell what it feels like they can draw pictures of it but if they can't figure figure out that they are lost trapped and stuck and how to get out of it then everything that they do is going to come out of that see and you have to entertain the, the thought that and just explore the possibility that we have become someone that we're not in order to protect someone that we are. Mm, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that women especially become people that they are not all the time because we feel like we have to fill certain roles in society. We feel as though we have to fulfill a certain persona or do certain things in order to be loved, in order to be respected, in order yep. to feel as though we belong. And so we assume these personas, we assume these roles for right or wrong. And I think we do that because we are trying to protect the little girl inside of us that feels like she's not worthy or the little girl inside of us that feels that she's not good enough or the little girl inside of us who is afraid 
because she's had her heart broken too many times. And so I absolutely agree with that statement. So now, what do we do about it then? Now, how did that little girl start thinking she wasn't worthy? You know, probably somewhere in our childhood. You know, I think we talk about a lot of times these moments in time. It could be a, a blip in time where somebody haphazardly said something to you like, you'll never be able to do that. You'll never be able to play with the rest of the big kids. And we take that to heart. We That resonates and it gets stuck in our subconscious and that continues to propagate itself as we age over time. Yeah. Um, or it could be something more dramatic. Like we had a parent that told us that every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. And then throw in all the abuses, all the uncomfortable hurt and pain that a child mm-hmm. experiences. And just to let you know, it's not a lot for women. It's a lot for kids. Sure. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Whoever asked the kid about what to do, they're always yeah. told what to do. Yeah. They're not allowed to be creative, to be curious. All that gets shut out of them. And so at some point, a kid can't articulate that, but they just feel like at some point, I'm never going to have a chance to live my life. Mm-hmm. And so we go into a shell. We, we, we hide out in broad daylight. <laughs> right. Um, and so then we just become what we have to become to survive where we're at. It's the, it's the same thing as the, the yellow chameleon turns red in a red environment. Mm. So you got to do something. This animal instinct, this is very primal stuff. This is not high tech science and all that. This is primal. See, if you go out in the wild, there's no therapist out in the wild. There's nobody <laughs> telling the animals, don't do this, don't do that. You know, mm-hmm. see, we was created in a way that we could live here. We was promised that we could live here. That he's, The scripture says he begged us to prosper. He wants us to do great things in our life. But see, when we come in through these places without a proper guide to guide us and help us navigate all those things that come at us as children, we get lost. And the trap is of our own device. We build a cage around ourselves to protect us. Then we hide it out. And then we just come back and be worthless. Mm-hmm. And see, so the rest of our time is, is, is spent, all our energies are spent on trying not to be worthless. When that was all deception to start with, we, we was always worthless. You tell me when a little girl is not worthy, a little boy, when are they not precious? When are they not all of that? Right. Yeah. I mean, they are. And it's a, an internal thing that, that happens and shifts. And then we start to carry that into adulthood and expand it in different ways and build these personas to Mm -hmm. protect that, that little one from, you know, continuing to fall prey to that belief system. But, you know, what I'm really curious about, you mentioned suicide before, and I'm curious, does CCT only focus on suicide, suicide prevention? And if so, how? We, we rarely talk suicide. Okay. (laughs) Suicide is not the problem. (laughs) It's our belief system. Is that what you're saying? Well, see, first suicide is a failed initiation. Okay. We, didn't get, we didn't get guided back. And so when we can't find our way, it's just animal instinct again. If we see an animal suffering on the side of the road and we can't help them, we put them out their misery. Nobody wants to die. No. See, what we've learned through suicide is how do you prevent something that you don't understand its origin, how it really comes mm-hmm. about? See, we don't do prevention. We do prevention. We go around the whole suicide piece and find out what what's going on in the back over there that's creating this 
Like if you think about a river and you see people coming down the river drowning, first responders jump in there, snatch them out, revive them, throw them to the side, get them to care. Then they look up and here comes another one. Here comes another one. And after a while, the first responders are totally exhausted and they working like crazy. They're doing the best they can, but nobody knows what's upstream. Why do people keep getting thrown in the river? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so CCT goes perivention. We go upstream. We want to know what's putting them in the river so that they can be relieved, relieved down on the other end. They don't have those cases coming down there. And so it's an understanding of the self that really gives us the freedom. See, if you think back on this idea of we become something that we're not, well, if we become something that we not, does that mean we are not something that we are? Right. Right. I think that's the million dollar question, right? But it sounds like what you're, what CCT is doing is it helps you get beneath the surface, beneath what you're presenting to the world, beneath that mask that you're wearing for protection to the core of who you are as a person and that good goodness that exists within. Is that a fair statement? That's a very fair statement. Because, see, there is a mask and we wear it and it changes as we need it to change. That's that's the way it was created. That's what it does to protect us. But see, it's overprotection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It's overprotection because we protect when there's no threat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It becomes automatic no matter what's, what's said or brought. Even with good tidings, you know, first thing to do is defend yourself against it. When sure. it's in your, best in, in, in your best interest. You're right. And so what are the things yeah, of CCT that helps you to get beneath that surface to, to unmask the individual, if you will? You say what allows me? Yeah. What are, or what are the, what are the principles or the foundational components of contextual conceptual therapy that you use to help the individual get closer back to who they are at their core and to leave their mask behind, so to speak. And just to give a little more background on CCT, it's a patient-driven practice. The patients taught us how to help them. This is not from academia. See, they say that the patient is broke, they're ill, they're with disease. Well, there's some dis-ease with some of their behaviors, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they have a disease. And so if you have a disease, we know diseases are basically forever. So how do you have hope if you have a disease? When your life is always going to be the roller coaster of bipolar, you can always be flattened out by depression, uh, all those things without context to them. And we start working with that versus finding our own path in life because our life has a path already laid out before by information I've read. We're already on a path from the day we are born. But see, at some point, we start creating that path. See, what if that's not our life path? What if we got derailed like a train and we just need to get back on track? So the thinking that we have for ourselves is not our thinking for others. And see, we always can guide others. It's when we guide ourselves is where the trouble starts. Because in a sense, you're nobody. And in our practice, we call it, we become a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Because being as, as, as a child, being a piece of shit, it allows us to absorb more hurt. See, because then the hurts make sense. If you're just a little piece of shit girl and you're getting hurt, well, they only hurt me because I'm just a piece of shit. That makes sense. See, so all we do is try not to be that piece of shit when that was all deception in itself. A little girl is never a piece of shit. 
it's different being treated like shit than being shit. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. So if I hear you saying that we need it, it almost sounds like we need to trust others to provide us insights as to who we are. Is that what I hear you saying? Or, you know, I guess I'm still struggling with how does that, how does, how do we use this therapy to move beyond these feelings and to reach the truth? Well, the truth is in us. The truth has resonance. When we hear the truth, we know it's true. It's not up for debate. As soon as we hear it, oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that's true. We, we have resonant. It resonates inside of us. It's like tuning forks. You know, you hit one, it vibrates the other. But how are we getting there? So uh, like, how do we get there in, in using this therapy? How do we get to that truth in that moment that resonates with us? Well, first of all, we got to quit thinking we know it all, even as we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, this is a love-based therapy. Okay. And so the one thing that we do with others, and Trinity, I'll go back to you just because I have your son on my side. He's he's my, <laughs> he's my ally. Right, right. Because see, if, if, if I'm protecting his mom and helping his mom, he's on my team. And so with him on my team, see, the, we use the love that's already inside you. See, every day we practice something in our lives. And see, I asked this question to Trinity and and, and Shelby, you can identify your person if you like but see it's just like trinity what if you loved you as much as you do your son Mm -hmm. would that make a difference in your life if you was loving you as much as you say say beyond would that make a difference in your life absolutely if you was loving his mother as much as you love him right now at this minute when would your life change now this minute yeah it's the gift that's not given that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. See, we give it away, but we don't give it to ourselves. That's right. <laughs> Especially as women, we don't give ourselves love. We give that love to everyone else around us. And I think, you know, that's kind of the one of the pillars we stand on. And, and listener out there, you know this about us. It's, it's we, we give ourselves away in this effort to be loved, to be great, to be better, to create. When really, if we were to take so much more of that and focus it on ourselves. That is where our greatness would come from. That is where we would shine and really start to step into who we are and, and what we are capable of providing not only to ourselves, but to the rest of the world. And so, you know, I, in this therapy, because I'm still working with you, James here and trying to get clear on what this looks (laughs) like, my friend, are you asking questions to help us get there? Are you simply asking us to imagine how things would be different if we were focusing in um, on the person that we love the most? Like really, how are you working people through this process to begin to realize these truths and break through these barriers that are keeping them stuck, keeping them in a place where they are not living or at least living the fullest life that they would choose to live. See, they're surviving. And life mm-hmm. is not about surviving. It's about thriving. Mm-hmm. And so the love that you have that you don't give to you is creating everything else that's going on for you. See, because if those same things was in Savion's life, you would resolve those. You would give him information and guide him through that. Mm-hmm. You got to give him information for his mother. We practice something every day. 
But what if you practice loving and giving to you what you're willing to give to see? Yeah. Yeah. But I think this is the sort of double-edged sword or the conundrum that we're finding ourselves in is that we're not giving the love to ourselves. We're giving the love to other people. And the reason that we're giving the love to other people is because we, again, don't, we devalue who we are or we're giving our love away in order to protect again, that little girl inside of us. And so um, I feel like I have to give my love away because if I don't give my love away, then I might not be seen as good enough or I might not receive respect. And so we continue to propagate this giving away of love as opposed to the 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 receiving of love or, or giving of love to ourselves. And again, it goes back to, I think, in my perspective, that little girl inside and, and that protective approach that we're taking in giving everything who we are away. Yeah, and that's that's a very common practice. Uh, and I love the idea when you say little girl inside, but mm-hmm. she's still there. Yeah. She's equally as precious today as she was years ago. But she's been screaming at you, screaming at you. Yeah. Give me my life back. Give me my life back. And then we'll silence them by going to do something else and, and not answering that call. That is a call from the spirit. See, emotions are messages from our spirit. The spirit mm-hmm. is really don't have a voice but it's telling us something is not right here Mm -hmm. and see instead of us slowing down and getting curious listening to that spirit spiritual message we go and do all these other kind of things we go ask the therapist to fix us like we broke we're not broke we just having life Mm -hmm. if you deny yourself pain you deny yourself life life Mm -hmm. has pain that was a promise from the creator he told us you're gonna have some pains and devastations well, I guess I've been living. I've been living double time, double time. <laughs> and that's what that's what happens, you know, but it's really halftime because, you know, again, we become something else and we can want to keep up that persona and we put energy in that. But we don't give to us what we give away. Yeah. Yeah. That's I true. Mean, and it's just like it has to be balanced out. We have to love here as much as there. See, if I told Savion his mom was broken, worthless, what would he tell me? Yeah, he he would punch it dead in your face. No, <laughs> she <laughs> is not. I would have my catcher's mask on. That's right. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he ain't going to want to hear that because that's not who you are to him. And mm-hmm. he knows he's got a great mom. He knows all these things. He knows it without doubt. It would be no hesitation for him to stand up and tell what a wonderful mother he has. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't just say that to be lying. It's already true for him. But see, here's the here's the glitch. He knows that what you tell him is true. And this goes around the board. This is not just eternity. This is for everybody. He knows it's true. But see, if he don't see you live it. That's true. Then he's going to question whether he's that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And see, what happens is the kids end up treating the kids the way the parent treats the parent. Right. And I, I've, I've been determined to break that cycle for my son. You know, it was one of the reasons I got divorced because he needed to see and learn how a man should treat the woman that he loves and that his mother would be strong enough to break that cycle, to say, this is not acceptable. And as my son, I need you to understand this is not acceptable behavior for you as you grow into adulthood. And so, I mean, this is, it is a message 
that I have been committed to ingraining in him from the youngest age by my personal actions on how I am treated and the way that I do choose to show up and love myself so that he will know how to value those women around him in his life. So at some point you got married. At some point I did. Now you got married, so you was into that. True? Yeah. Now, if we go back in time Mm -hmm. to the time that you agreed to marry that man, Mm -hmm. if Shelby and you was together at that time Mm -hmm. and he was in her life, would Mm -hmm. you have told her to marry? It's a good question. It's a really interesting it story. Be a quick he, answer there. It, <laughs> but it's not. There, there are twists and turns to this story. He had a traumatic brain injury. And, and it was one that was a little bit in the shadows. But as time continued to go on, his emotional state continued to shift and to change and become more and more volatile over the years. And so at the point when we first were together, he was very different than the man he ended up becoming. And everybody that have a TBI doesn't get violent and angry. No, I, yes, I know that. And, and it was one of the things for him that ended up manifesting many years down the road. Yeah, well, see, it's present all the time. See, the mm-hmm. attitude and the thinking and the reaction. But see, we can only hold up the mask so long and sometimes it slips. Yeah. And you can't keep mm-hmm. the front there. But, yeah. you know. Again, it's just like relationships is something that's really intriguing to me because they don't break up because lack of love. No, they no, break not up at all. Because we don't know why they love us. Mm. <laughs> See, we be we got ourselves into a bind. What does he want with me? <laughs> I never had that problem. I knew what I I knew what he had, honey. Well, you you knew something. But, you know, it was like there was some missing pieces in there. And so it's just like, see, we see each other in a way where I have to do it like this. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Yes. He's holding up two signs that say you, you. Yes. See, one is one. One is is us. The other one is who we love. See, Mm -hmm. we look at each other and we see that beauty. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're attracted to that beauty because that beauty that we see is equal to us. Mm-hmm. It's the same beauty and love and all that stuff that we have. Yeah. But what's behind the scenes? You. You and you are behind the scenes. So it looks good over here, but over here, the red don't know what the yellow wants. Okay. The yellow is attracted to the yellow, but in the red, what does he want with me? You got to keep my eye on him. Yeah. Why is he doing that? What is he doing that for? Why is he doing that? And see, at some point we can't resolve it. And so we have to get out of it. Mm. That make any sense? So you're saying that really oftentimes we leave relationships because we don't love ourselves. It's not because the other person doesn't love us enough. Yeah. Some high numbers there. Um, I can agree with that. But I also think that there are some relationships where we do love ourselves enough. And I would like to say to get out (laughs) to get out. Right. Because I think, you know, I think my ex-husband struggled and still struggles with alcoholism. And I believe that there are some insecurities that are deep down that are at the root cause 
when you talk about being thrown in the river, he needs to go upstream and figure out what is the cause of his fear and and challenges and insecurities so that he stops drinking. And so I think I loved myself enough to leave that relationship because he could not love himself enough. Does that make sense? That's right. Well, it was, well, it's all tied in there. Yeah. It's all tied in because it's the same concepts on both sides, Mm. you know, and see a lot of what we, we do, we fear being loved because we, we're not lovable. Right. So we fear. So we'll, we'll take love and turn it into fear. Mm. I can see that. I can see that too. And so then the question becomes, how do we stop doing that? Because I think I understand where you're coming from and I I hear what you're saying, but I think that just telling ourselves that we are good enough or is not enough. Like how do we actually practice self-love and and how do we get there? How do we really convince ourselves that we are worthy? How do we convince ourselves that we are safe and we don't need to wear the mask anymore? Think about taking a hike from LA to New York. I would if never do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now see, I'm gonna have to mess with you on that. Mess with me, you can. I don't care. That's fine. Bring it. If Sebon said, "I'm in New York, bomb," and the only way you can get here is walk. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm 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 double triple time. <laughs> see, see. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful about the things we say because if mm-hmm. we say certain things, our spirit takes a blow when we say things that's not true that we're not going to do because we need to do. Every time we tell those lies to ourselves, our spirit takes a blow. Yep. Yep. No, you're telling the truth. I mean, and so to say you won't do it, your spirit is like, well, I'll tell you what my mom told me. I used to say, I never do that. I ain't gonna, well, no, I ain't going to do that. My mom said, James, stop saying what you will not do. Because the very thing that you say you won't do, that's the <laughs> next thing your life going to ask you to do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you don't painted yourself into the corner, right? <laughs> right. You can't, you can't do your best work because you've already denied you of your best work. Mm-hmm. I like that. Hmm. We have to be careful what comes off our lips uh, because, again, the spirit will take those hits and it, it kind of reinforces the bad thinking we have about ourselves. Mm. We can't do it. I need to be doing this. I can't do it. Well, you know, already cross yourself out. You, you said you yeah. weren't going to allow it. We cannot put those limits on our lives. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to take to live this life. It's going to take some things and we don't have to get creative. And see, when we're talking about practice, you know, it's like we have to bring curiosity back. We have to get, get curious. See, we have been trained from day one to be right. Damn the difference. Damn anything. Just be right. The hell with the truth. Who gives a damn about the truth? Just be right. And so we all bent up on being right. And mm. I will ask you, how important is it for you to be right? <laughs> Both of you and everybody else in the audience. Yeah, for sure. I hear what you're saying, man. It's honestly not that important to me. And, you know, this might be a blind spot. Shelby, you probably know me best. But for me, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm OK with being wrong. I'm just not OK with us collectively not getting to the right answer. Okay. Collectively, I I want us to get to the right answer in order to do the best thing. And whoever that comes from, I'm like, shoot holes in my idea all day long, as long as together we can get to where we need to be so we can move forward. See, so I could tell you how to do it. Then you could blame me if it don't work out. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. 
I'd be like, well, must have been user error. I might have done something wrong. I wouldn't really. Yeah. No, those are responsibilities to do. And the guide, again, is love. Love mm -hmm. is our guide. Anything that you do and practice in your life, you should tell Savion to do it too. Yeah. See, if you won't tell him to do it, you can't do it either. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's cutting you short. That's giving you something less than your best. Agreed. See, that vision of love, and I mean, it's not just your son, but I mean, it's just the way love works. See, we live a fear-based life. They just love being with you. I don't know what they want with me. I ain't got nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they over there like, oh, yeah, you... Oh, you don't know me like I do. If you knew me like I did, you would be saying that stuff. <laughs> right. Well, that's so true. So, James, I know what one thing you have these cards, one side is yellow and one side's red. Tell me a little bit. There are smaller words that I don't know that we can truly see through the camera. What does that say? The false self is on the red side. And what's on the yellow side? The true self. Okay, I see. I don't like that's the whole deal right there. You so know. what you're saying is that we're more, are we more true to everyone else than we are to ourselves? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. See, see stuff will happen in our life and we go into whatever depression, go into the funk, go into the darkness, and then we stay over there. But see, anybody else is going through that. We all over their ass. We ain't gonna let them go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're mm -hmm. going to tell them something. We ain't going to lie to them to get them out of there, but we're going to give them what they need to, to, to get on their own, you know, way on their own th thoughts and things and guide them as long as we need to. As long as they need us to be there to guide them, we'll do that so they can take over for themselves. But see, we don't offer ourselves the same. If something happens, guess who goes to the woodshed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you saying we need to reflect to others that we love in our lives who they truly are and then accept the truth as other people see us more often? Well, see, we're, we're all just walking each other home. We're mirrors of each other. Yeah. All the beauty you see in someone else, all the love and all that specialness that Savion have. I mean, see, how would you know it's there if it wasn't inside you? Yeah, it's true. It takes it's one true. to know one. It mm -hmm. takes one to know one. See, if you knew nothing about love, beauty, compassion, caring, and all that good stuff, respect, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't recognize it in, in your loved ones. Mm -hmm. See, it's already in you, but you don't recognize it. See, mm -hmm. you could be depressed. Trinity, you could be depressed. Say, you don't walk in the room, you ain't depressed no more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you bubble right up and start all out, see, because now you got your mirror in front of you. Now you can see your beauty through him. And it's mm -hmm. like it's those type of things that takes place in our life all the time. It's it's no depression if Savion's there. It's like it's mm -hmm. all love and good mm -hmm. times. And then he walk out the room and <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but no, it's that love. It's already in us. See, but we use others to kind of show it to us to help mm -hmm. help stay on track. See, if we can say that Savion is is just the most loving creature on the planet, see. What's the chance that his mother is the same? Yeah. Right. But you give is. it to you give it away, but you don't give it to his mother. And see, that's what you call arrogant. Arrogance, arrogance is a come from the Latin word ergo. Ergo means going against the truth. Mm -hmm. See, with his mother, you go against the truth. 
with him, you go with the church. Right. So how do we handle it when we are in relationships or have people in our lives that are not reflecting Hmm. the yellow side? People that are bringing out the the um, the red you or, you know, bringing out sides of you that aren't your best self that do not encourage you to grow and be greater and live within your joy. Um, And I think a lot of women face this and a lot of women, especially in midlife, is they're kind of reaching this stage where they're wanting to make the very most of the years that are in front of them and doing it with the people that they love the very most. And sometimes it takes this shedding of, Mm -hmm. of individuals in your life that are holding you down or do not believe in you enough or believe in themselves enough to create an environment where you are able to step into your promise. Do you have any advice on how to handle that? Well, see the first thing, what you face in, in midlife is no different than what you've faced all your life. I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, I forgot. I forgot a very important thing. Before we started, I should have told you I have two rules that have to be. I can't me. disagree with you. <laughs> is that rule number one? <laughs> rule number one, never believe anything I say. Okay. okay. <laughs> Shit. Good. I'm glad rule, I number, rule number two. Don't disbelieve anything I say. Oh, well, then there's okay. that. <laughs> and say, so don't try to believe me. You got to learn to trust what's inside you. Yeah. Mm. And that takes time. That's practice. We yeah. have to practice doing these things in our own life. And see, because if there's no love there, why are we there? We're love-based creatures. Mm-hmm. But you said we- earlier, we, we lead out of fear or live out of fear a lot, a lot or many times. And so is that relationship perhaps rooted in fear? Because we became something that we're not. Yeah. So we live a fear-based life, but our life is really love-based. Yeah. And so, you know, what is a negative person in our life? You know, it's just like everybody we encounter is a teacher. Mm-hmm. And see, but if we can't be open to listening and being taught, they're teaching us something. And so th- those are the things. See, we can always say, they're bad, they're this, they're angry, they're hostile, they all. No, they're teaching you. You might be teaching you about how not to be something that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just like they're, they're, they're all our family. I mean, if we think about this in the sense of the big picture, it was said that everything started with Adam and Eve. So we're all family. Mm. But, you know, we don't all be on the same course. And if someone is in a place where they taking you out to place you got to cut them loose yeah I mean I'm not going to sit around and argue with somebody to try to convince them to follow anything I'm doing or I'm not going to sit around and let them tell me how to do what I'm doing yeah Mm -hmm. it's my life it's not theirs and that goes for everybody I mean Christ even said he walked away from his mothers and brothers I mean my life is 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 important it's not it's not being selfish it's just my life is important. I came here to do something and we only got so many weekends left and I don't mm, want to yeah. spend in weekends where nothing is happening. That's and right. So I don't want to sit around and follow the narrative that everybody follows that's keeping them stuck and trapped. 
and then try to work with them and then sit around and cry together and all that. I ain't got no time for all that. No, yeah. I'm with I got you. To go the act of cutting them loose is, is showing yourself the love that you deserve. Well, yeah, because my mom, she used to tell me, she said, that's the kind of person I feed with a 10 foot spoon. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they don't, exactly. you don't have to dislike them. You have to have compassion for them because if they making choices, it's not getting them to their optimum life. You got to have some yeah. sadness there for them. We can't be mad at them. And mad just takes good energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have no energy for that. I don't have no energy for that. My energy is yeah. going to make things happen, to keep making these things, whatever shows up. In life, see, we have opportunities to show up every single day of our life if we don't seize that opportunity we go straight to crisis mode yeah yeah a crisis is a failed opportunity to show up and show what savion's mom is about and then you go into a funk and don't do it (laughs) and then she's in crisis mode no it's a chance to show that she can take care of herself no matter what happens and she's gonna still be there for him and she's gonna still make things happen and, and go forward. Mm-hmm. Kicking ass and taking names, girl. You what got we do. You, that's what, I, I mean, that's it. basically what it said, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. The, but what do we practice every day? See, every day in our life, we practice something in our life. So what if we just practice loving ourselves as we do our loved one? What if mm-hmm. Trinity practice all day just using, using Savior and it's like, if Savion was right here right now doing this right now, what would I tell him? How would I guide him through? And then give his mother that and just practice those little concepts every day. Just practice. You know, practice Practice is a good thing. You know the best thing about practice? What's that? Nobody ever flunked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just I got better that. at what they practice. Yeah. yeah. Whatever yeah. you practice, you get really good at it. And if you you wanted him to have his mom, you got to be his mom. And the only mm-hmm. way you do that is be as loving to his mom as you are to him. Yeah. And everybody out there that's listening, you got to play this for yourself. It's just like, thank you, Trinity, for letting me play with you like that. But, you know, it's like yeah. everybody has to use that. That is that is our guide because, see, right now we're off track to get back on track because we're love-based. People scared to even use the word love. Mm-hmm. did y'all know i love you both of you did you know i love oh, you oh we love you too james i love that it's okay we love you that's okay that's okay we will it take that good. and we will reciprocate we will reciprocate and i know our listener out there has loved this conversation and we just really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and insights and I know the message I will walk away with is give myself more love. And I think that the world needs more of that. So thank you so much for sharing your insights. If our listener about it. (laughs) The world need now is love, sweet love. Love, sweet love, baby. Hey, and And I was gonna love you guys anyway, even if you said I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we probably need more of that too, right? Yeah, exactly. We do. We do. I mean, you put a little love on it. Love solves anything. Mm-hmm. It I does. Agree. It solves anything. The, the, word, the word solve means solve, which means to loosen. You put a little love on a child when he hurt his knee and give him, he's good to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. 
So if our listener wanted to find you, James, where could they reach you? Do you have a website or something that our, our listener can get a little more information about CCT? Um, we, we have a website for CCT and that can be uh, reached through the website. We'll make sure that the we'll make sure that your website is in the transcripts of the show so that our listener can get a little bit of information from your website if if that works for you. Yeah. I okay. love to All hear right. from people. I love to hear from them. Awesome. Uh, I love well, chopping it up with you guys. So number one, traditional therapy that's so many of us have gone through, right? It it is meant to quote unquote fix what is broken. And CCT, contextual, conceptual therapy is different because it looks not at what is broken inside of us, but instead it explores what may just be misunderstood. Mm, I love that. And two, sometimes we become someone we are not to protect the someone that we are. Mm -mm -mm. That is so powerful mm, because yes. in that space god it makes me so emotional because we spend all of our time trying to be worthy mm. deception is that we always were worthy yes. yeah and when you know that number three understanding of self it gives you freedom and we have a life path that has been predestined and has been laid out before us and in moments when we have our our mental health events our life it then feels like a train that has been derailed and really it just needs to get back on track yeah and four, CCT is about loving ourselves as much as we love the most important persons in our life. Wow, oh, important. You know, as women, especially in midlife, think about all of the times that you have given your love away to somebody else. Hmm. But the reality is that we don't give that same love to ourselves. And if we took the love that we gave to others and focused it on ourselves, this is where our greatness would come from. Yes. Amen to that. And our fifth point is, you know what? <laughs> so many of you have heard the saying, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and our emotions are that self-check. Our emotions are messages from our inner spirit and they tell us what we need to do. And we just need to slow down and hear what they're saying to us. Every time we tell a lie to ourselves, our inner spirit takes a blow right on the chin. So stop saying what you won't do because that is the next thing that life will ask you to do. Mm -hmm. hmm. So what are you going to ask of yourself this week? What are the truths that you're going to start speaking to your inner spirit? Where, where can you carve out more space to love yourself in the same way that you love your children, your partner, 
all of the people in your life that you've held so dear and given yourself over to. How can you carve out some of that love in a beautiful sacred space designed solely and wholly for you? Because inside of you, there are no broken pieces. Inside of you lives the truth of what you can and will do in this beautiful predestined life of yours. And it's time to hold yourself by the hand and encourage yourself this week to know that you can and that you will. We believe in you so much. And we are so thankful to have you as a part of our beautiful family as we navigate this and get to spend this little bit of time together getting a little bit better each week. We'll see you next time, right here in the middle.